at that point, we had started looking at closing down the business and moving on to something else when the iPhone launched. And it was at that point in time that we were looking at the iPhone and going, holy smokes, we came so close with mobile and mm -hmm. this is clearly going to be the mobile thing. Do we pivot or do we go walk away? Welcome to the podcast. Conversations with startup founders, mentors, and other folks associated with Pi, the Portland Incubator Experiment. I'm Rick Tarosi, co-founder and general manager of Pi, and I'll be your host. Let's get into another slice. And the other thing I bought was a book on writing software for Macintosh. Today we're talking with startup founder Elia Friedman about lessons learned as he shepherded companies through the dot-com boom, the dot-com bust, and the mortgage crisis. So um, I was really engrossed in that world. Uh, you, what you got to remember with handhelds um, in that era was that there were multiple millions of units sold. They were all aimed at the business user, and they were uh, growing at 100% per year clip year over year. Um, mm -hmm. People felt like it was ubiquitous, but I think at its peak where like 15 or 20 million Palm Pilots had been sold. So it felt like I was really at the cutting edge of this next generation of technology. So while the internet was interesting, um, we also have to remember 98 was the year that Google launched for the first time. Yep. I remember using them when I was in college, when that came out, um, when they were, before they'd even launched officially. Mm -hmm. So this was pre, you know, this was really in the Yahoo heyday, the eBay heyday of the internet. And it just didn't feel like a place where you could write software. It was a place where you could write So I didn't think too seriously about web stuff until the early 2000s. Okay. Um, so that, that kind of carrying through and for people, just for context, for people who weren't in the industry back then, uh, it was a very kind of, you know, the bubble we had been in most recently was a very long, protracted upward curve, and the and the dot com days were very rapid. Yeah, no love for Lycos. I was going to say Alta Vista, which was my favorite, but yeah, Lycos. Do you remember your CompuServe handle? Um, the uh, the 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 period of time with which that growth happened made it like kind of ridiculous at that point in time. So the, the and and everybody was so kind of like, had so much hubris about the potential of the internet that it wasn't imbued with much reality. It was just craziness. And so the crash was even harder on folks. And I, I, I wonder, Elia, did that have any impact on you? I mean, did it have a positive impact where people are like, whoa, maybe you're right. Maybe we should focus on making software instead of this internet thing. Or what happened What happened to you next during the dot-com bust? Well, it was actually a pretty interesting time period. So that was all bootstrapped. Um, mm -hmm. I got a, uh, a small literal angel investor. I took, I wrote a business plan and took it to my college management professor um, my college management professor, I said, would you review this for me? I would like some input. And he, he asked me, um, what funny little cigarettes I had been smoking to write such a horrible, 
And uh, I still have it around here somewhere. I'm afraid to go back and look at it because it's probably horrible and academic in its, in its uh, construction. But um, I basically bootstrapped the business for three or four years at that point. Um, brought on people as I needed them and ran it by myself. I was also going to graduate school at the same time, um, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was, what, 23, 24 years old at that point in time. And there was an opportunity to bootstrap. And I saw all these companies around me that were getting funded. And my gut reaction was they were being funded in these just for these bizarre business plans that I just didn't understand. So um, as I was going through college, though, um, and the handheld market kept growing, I wasn't real sure of myself. And um, mm -hmm. I ended up getting involved with uh, a handful of people and um, ended up deciding that we needed to go get funding. And that if we didn't go get funding to run this business, that uh, we were going to get run over by somebody that did. So um, I always had incredibly good timing. Um, I can't even say that with a straight face. I always have horrible timing. <laughs> way too early or way too late. And uh, mm -hmm. it turned we I put together a great small team of people to be thinking about what does what is calculation, what is what does analytics and data mean on a mobile device? And we put together a business plan that, frankly, at the time was probably a great business plan. And again, I would look back on now and think it was really silly. Um, and we started to raise money. And uh, then the stock market crashed like one month later. Mm -hmm. So the yeah. timing was impeccable. But what I saw coming out <laughs> of that was that all these companies were just dying. They were just they just disappeared overnight. And mm -hmm. all these companies that I that I put in our competitive bucket had disappeared overnight. So we continued with the funding, but um, I guess this is lesson number one for how to survive a, a uh, stock market crash, a business crash, a recession. Um, lesson number one here is focus on businesses where you can make a difference. And it was at that point where we started saying, okay, look, the sales have dropped off. We went from growing mobile devices 100% a year to shrinking 10 to 15% every year. So we we started to ask ourselves, what did it mean to, to be a key partner to Palm or the Windows mobile manufacturers? How could we be a key partner? What vertical markets could we be playing in where we have some expertise or ability where we could be a true partner to these people and actually make product sales happen. And that's when we started. We looked at um, we, our closest relationship with, with was with Palm. So we looked very closely at that relationship. And they were focused on uh, three markets, three, three markets that we were really interested in. One was what they called FIRE. It was uh, finance, insurance, and real estate. And we had uh, products in that, in that space. Um, so we built a product specifically for residential and commercial real estate and worked on partnerships in that space in the vertical market to see if we could build revenue in that. And we had some modest success, but nothing that was looking like a real breakout opportunity. Um, we partnered with a gentleman out of Indiana who was in a pharmacologist and built medical product, mm -hmm. which was another right. market that um, was very focused on vertically. And again, the same thing, uh, too much risk, 
uh, too much concern about how to sell into that market. Um, again, it was a nice little side business, but we didn't see how we could turn that into a mainline business. And then the third was education. And Palm had a lot of effort going in the education space. Um, they were putting a lot of money behind it. They had actually uh, hired uh, Apple's uh, education team that had worked on getting Apple Apple series devices accepted into education um, in the early 90s. Excuse me. Um, and they had a really strong team. We're putting a lot of money behind it. And we saw a real opportunity to basically reinvent how high school math was taught. Um, sadly, we, here we are 20 years later, and the same devices that we used when I was in high school were still being used then in high school, which are still being used now in high school, the TI-84. Mm -hmm. Those devices roughly cost what we could put a piece of software on a low-end palm for. And uh, we ended up finding partnerships in this space that were really strong. Uh, professors that had helped get TI established, uh, longtime marketing people in the industry, and basically started reinventing the business around that, around that opportunity. Uh, it is the closest I came in my 22 years of running Infinity to having the, the big exit. Unfortunately, bad luck uh, worked against us in that case. But um, anyway, it, uh, it was an exciting time. But being able to focus on that vertical market really kind of saw us through that down period, um, mm -hmm. figure out where we could make a difference. That, that was a huge difference maker for us as a company and helped lead us through that. You're kind of, the economy is starting to kind of recover. You're, you're focused on this um, vertical. And then here comes the, the mortgage crisis. And how does, that, how does that affect your business and the company? So the education uh, opportunity unfortunately died um, in 94. So we did that for, oh, I'm sorry, 2004. Mm -hmm. Decades start to blend together after all. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly. Uh, so in 2004, 2005, by 2006, um, that business was dead for us, unfortunately. Uh, Palm made a strategic decision to move away right at the time where we had gotten, uh, this is a long story, but we had gotten acceptance on from the college board to be used on advanced placement exams, which was the gatekeeper for using our technology in schools. And unfortunately, at the same time that we were accepted, Palm let go of their education team and felt the future was in smartphones and which they were right, but there was also this incredible business for iPods that they were just completely ignoring and they dropped on the floor and moved on. And along with it, our business was basically shot. So um, we tried to we tried to transition. I cut back on the team, tried to transition to focus on desktop on a web based solution um, in 2005 and six and just schools just weren't ready for that in that era. Again, here I am probably a decade too early. And uh, by the time 2007 came about, and then we went into the crash, um, again, I ended up, uh, I almost had started looking, at that point, we had started looking at closing down the business and moving on to something else when the iPhone launched. And it was at that point in time that we were looking at the iPhone and going, holy smokes, we came so close with mobile, and mm -hmm. this is clearly going to be the mobile thing do we pivot or do we go walk away? And it just so happened 
at that point in time that I had a couple of my old investors that came to me and said, hey, we're, we're interested in um, putting a little money behind you in a loan. Um, this market is fascinating. If you're interested in giving it one more go in a bootstrap type approach, then we would, you know, to get you off the ground, mm -hmm. then we would be open to that as well. So we basically ended up with a, enough debt funding basically to help us through that first year. But because of the way the handheld market blew up in 2008, 9, 10, 11, mm -hmm. um, we kind of got on the right wave at the same time, which again, kind of gets back to the earlier point, which is uh, kind of the same approach, which is how do we, how do we focus on a business where there is growth opportunity? Uh, I mean, we're going through a recession, but as, as our businesses go, there's still plenty of businesses that are growing like crazy. Um, I heard the other day that Zoom now has more monthly active users than Twitter has, which is incredible yeah. if that's true. Um, but talk mm -hmm. about a business that was well positioned for, for this kind of a, a pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. So there are those opportunities, so, but it might just mean that, that as a company, um, in, our, in our situation, we just needed to retool and focus in on what we did best and try to grow the business out of that. I think if I was to have done that over again, we would have, um, I think the missing component in all of that was get the marketing lined up, get the sales lined up, the technology can take care of itself. Um, the hard part for technologists in general is marketing and sales. And it's really easy to let the easy part, writing code, take over. It's comfortable. So I think if I would have done my job better, I think I would have uh, focused all my attention on the marketing and sales, whether that was on fundraising or just from a bootstrap position, figuring out who was going to buy the product and actually pay good money to do it. And that's another episode of the podcast. Please consider subscribing on your favorite podcast network, and we'd love to see your ratings and reviews. For more of this conversation, visit piepdx.com slash YouTube.